0: Hey, folks, thank you for tuning in to Go Black Boy Go. With me, I have another guest, and we're going to be talking about church stories. Um, But before we get into that conversation, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow it on Spotify. And make sure to share any episodes that you find interesting on your various social medias. All right, Emmanuel, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure,
1: I'm Emmanuel um i am a first generation college graduate um i'll be entering my (laughs) graduate school very soon come this fall Um, (laughs) yeah yay um it'll be in media communications and culture which i feel like is needed especially now
0: yeah
1: um and i am really interested in just agitating and amplifying the voices of those who are silenced um what else about me oh i'm currently a caddy which is the caribbean center uh caribbean cultural center for for diasporan arts um i'm a fellow there currently and that's Hmm. coming soon and i am doing t howard foundation their summer series in diversity in media um which again is just I'm tired of seeing inauthentic representations of ourselves in media. So I'm hoping to kind <clears> of be the change going forward. So yeah. That's
0: yeah. It. This all sounds great. How, how did you find the, um, fellowships and the other like organizations you're a part of? How did you like, what was the kind of process you? Yeah.
1: Um, so for the T Howard foundation, um, my friend, um, kind of mentioned it to me, because I was moving from humanities, which I was going to originally get my master's in African American studies, and then I was just like, oh no, there seems like there's too much drama in academia, and I just don't want to fight that fight right now, so I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, what about communications, and I was just like, okay, I can take my humanities background and go into it, and she was telling about T. Howard, which promotes diversity in media, and that's kind of been my journey towards like breaking into the media industry Mm -hmm. um, because they're very much like you have to have a traditional background. So I'm like, all right, well, let me go ahead and get these internships yeah, get this experience so that I don't have to worry about anything. Um, But she introduced me to T Howard and I've been with them since last year. And then with the um, Caribbean cultural center, I was introduced to them by my partner. Um, He was a fellow there and, I was like, okay, this seems to be in alignment with what I want to do as far as, like, advocacy work and, like, diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, and it's been great to just be around people of color, mm-hmm. um, Black people, yeah. and uh, engaging in co- much-needed conversation around the public arts and what that kind of means and how to kind of navigate it Um from a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens, because it's it's so important. I'm I'm so sick of just, you know, our narrative being controlled by white people to where I'm just like, listen, we have to just change that. So
0: <laughs> we, you'd have to come back so we could uh, talk about that more fully. <laughs> um, are you are you want you? So you said you you're wanting to get into the media industry. Are you wanting to do like? um like production work or or like what what do you mean by yeah uh like enter I'm into interested
1: the... in I'm interested in strategy I think that the intentional approach that I'm taking to be re- to go into strategy has been really around like I want to be a part of those conversations where they are thinking about an idea and thinking about including people of color but they have no people of color oh, no. on their team. Mm. So for me, I'm like, I want to be the voice to kind of keep them accountable. Okay. Like, who are you sourcing? What research is being done? Have you, who's your target audience? Um, is this authentic? Does this, you know, borderline, you know, stereotypes? If so, that's not good. Yeah. Um, whose voices are not being included? So I think I've been really interested in kind of like, <laughs> I've heard this from one of the fellows in, um, uh, the Caribbean Cultural Center, which is like, what do you do for capitalism? And I think that was that would be what I would do for capitalism, just be you know a strategist where oh. I can just keep folks accountable, yeah, um, but earn a living.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so this kind of um, like what 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 would you, what, what would be the kind of like job title of like would it be just be like a di- diversity strategist or like what would it be?
1: So. Ideally, um, it would probably, I would probably be, um, vice president of communications with a focus in strategy.
0: Okay. Okay. And you would, you would consult with like, like certain media productions, like TV shows, films, things like that.
1: I, I would be working with like eight, I would, I'm hoping to work with agencies like hbo or showtime okay or okay um, uh, or media agencies like um ipg media brands um universal mccann weber shandwick um because i feel
0: what i've noticed is that many of their leadership is very white yeah and i want to
1: just be a part of that narrative where it's just like oh no we need to reimagine who is in our leadership and i kind of want to lead that charge especially you know as black gay men to just be like oh no we're here we're represented And now we need to bring more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really cool because it's like, you know, some like, how to put this? So there's, you know, content creators, and then there's people that can, that are in positions where, you know, the content, they can lead people to that content and like mm-hmm. it's that middle and it's not it's not like an executive but it's like right here like keeping the executive and count like uh accountable and so i think that's like a really cool thing that you could do is like i don't know there's, there's just like so much power there <laughs> yeah. or so much yeah. so much potential to more change yeah yeah
1: yeah <laughs> more than anything we need are we need for our narrative to be within our control. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I think right now, I think that is beginning to happen in more ways than one. So I'm just kind of seeing how it plays out over the next several months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, what was I going to say? Um, no more folks going to be mad. <laughs> when you, when you start. I <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> well, aren't they always man? Yeah you saw what big mad
1: <laughs> I want them to be big mad like,
0: big mad yeah like,
1: who like time for you to just either be a part of the change yeah or you'll be moved
0: and you know everybody cares about black people now cause you know it's they share their their black squares
1: allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like, allegedly.
0: Okay, now I'm just being messy Um. Okay, let's get into some classic shit You have a song for this segment What is that yes. song? Yeah
1: So, I love Rhapsody Rhapsody is amazing Her album Eve Um didn't know who she was at first.
0: I've never heard of I this I artist. A
1: breakfast interview. Okay. Of her. And I fell in love with just her character. Like she just seemed really authentic, really true to who she was trying to be and what she stood for. And that's what I love more than anything. Like, especially as an artist. Like, I need you to be really, 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 really confident and like true to you. Yeah. Because your lane is your own. And I just, I'm a sucker for lyrics that mean things. Yeah, same. Um, so, yeah. Love
0: and um, what was the um, lyrics that kind of, like, stood out to you from this song?
1: So, Rhapsody, there was a song called Maya. Uh-huh. And Maya, um, for me, just, the what she was saying in that was just, I Ain't a New Slave, My New Wave, The New Negro. Um, ain't on the web, but it's W-E-B. He holds the lock in, no thinking toxic. You miseducated like Lauren with the locks in. <laughs> if, you confusing, if you confuse my boxing with me being boxed in, never. And I just thought that that was just true to how just black people carry themselves mm-hmm. um, in the world. Like you can't box us in. We are not our ancestors, we will handle shit if we need to um and you know all all of it the all of the older narrative that was kind of created with the newer generation or the younger generation i just feel like it doesn't it's not working anymore like you can't continue to treat us as if we're going to lay down and just take this yeah. that's just not not what we're doing and we are also, doing more than what you said we were. Yeah. We are more than athletes. We are more than artists. We are more than academics. Um, and we are beginning to stand in our truth and our power that is beyond respectability politics. So I just loved <clears throat> everything about what she was saying because it was just right on trend with what's happening in the world, where it's just like, oh yeah, you need us. You yeah. Need us. The yeah. The world knows that they need us, and the world, world, society knows that, you know. We need us yeah we are your, your content
0: more, more than we need you
1: yes <laughs> yes
0: yeah absolutely that's yeah I, absolutely. I i need to check her out i i, I haven't uh heard of Rhapsody, so um yeah, I'll definitely amazing yeah Love her. give her a listen Love her. um yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah that's what i've yeah that's just what i've been thinking lately like just with just with, well, in the context of academia, it's just like, y- you need me. I don't really need this. This is like, this is just more stress on me, like, in right. terms of, so anyway. um, Well, thank you for, yeah, sharing, <laughs> sharing that with me. And that was some classic shit. Yeah. All right, so let's talk, so let's talk about the... Why am I messing up here? <laughs> so for this segment, we're I wanted to talk to you about like church stories and um like yes, I, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Like yes. I told you um you know kind of my reasoning for wanting to do this was that I watched a documentary called Co- Contradiction on um, Amazon Prime and it was just kind of like showing or questioning whether or not black churches are helping black communities. Um, and so another kind of like aspect of that was just how religion ha- tends to control, um, like our, our mind, like bl- black people's minds, but everyone's, uh, every every religion kind of does this, but it's just kind of like going into like that process of mind control almost. Um, and that kind of, like, made me reflect on just certain instances of just, you know, being preached, uh, about the dangers of homosexuality and, like, that, that Mm -hmm. stuff kind of came up for me. Um, and so, yeah, I just, yeah, I guess we can share stories or just talk about, like, experiences in the church Yeah. Uh,
1: So, for me, from my perspective, I grew up uh, from um, a Baptist lens, Baptist Christian lens, and it was—it's very—it was interesting because it was treated as if it was an open secret, Mm. like you were known to be gay or queer um but it wasn't something that would that would be discussed openly
2: yeah um
1: and although you would be in many roles you could be a deacon uh, but a lot of people like to a lot of a lot of i would say media portrayals like to put you know queer men of color in spaces like like they're the choir director Mm -hmm. or they're the musician (laughs) um and I think for me, a lot of that stood true in, I want to say, like the early 2000s. Um, but then it later kind of changed because there seemed to be more of an openness. But for me, growing up, it was just like, you don't speak about it. You don't speak about it. That's not something that you share. Um, if you are queer, you in many spaces, you would be thrown out um, because because it just that's not something that goes against this idea of, you're queer, and you're destroying the, the black family. Yeah, and it's just like, really, when, where, um, why, who, why does who I choose to lay in bed with affect you that greatly? Do you want to lay in the bed with me? Mm-hmm. Would be my thinking behind <laughs> that. Like,
0: and you usually it's like, like yes,
1: know, can... <laughs> yeah, but it's just like I, for me, it was just like if it doesn't make you any money. Mm-hmm if it doesn't provide you any food, if it doesn't give you any security, um, why are you concerned? Yeah. But that was the attitude. And it just seemed like it was more volatile and hostile for men, black men, than it would be for black women. Don't know why that is, but that is definitely something, something that I saw. Um, but yeah, the black church, even though I, even though, though i rely heavily on my faith i've become a lot more spiritual okay now as a result of this kind of idea like you're not going to use the bible against me because just like you can recite i can recite and recite too so yeah <laughs> we can go back and- yeah but it's not worth it
0: yeah and it's like i like I, I have like i feel like i have a conflicted relationship to the church because i do remember moments of just like great joy like going to church seeing the choir sing and just being there and just feeling like good about myself um but then when it will become time to you know when when they want to talk about gay people and like bring uh uh prophets to come cast gay demons out and stuff I was just like, okay, what's what's happening here? I don't like this. Um and it's just like I hate that you know because um because religion is something that has just been uh, a cultural thing for for black folks, just something to keep us through uh just a lot of pain. I hate that like homophobia kind of like our experiences of homophobia in the church took that kind of like joy that like it took a kind of like joy that we could mm-hmm. tap into and I, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you said now you're more spiritual and you still like you know do you still read the bible or just
1: I don't read the bible um I think yeah. what one thing I've just been relying I'm heavily on is my faith like i'm like yeah. i was raised in the church um and there are certain teachings that i can take from the church but i don't need to consult the bible to do so yeah um, and that's been like how i've been kind of processing it because literally i heard this from you know my one of my mentors who explained to me that, that your relationship with god or the higher power is your personal
2: relationship
1: Yeah. It's is not who who you know an entity or a church will uh determines for you yeah so for me, i was just like once that was a realization i was just like listen uh, my relationship is my relationship and people people can either agree or disagree
0: yeah i i think i think i kind of developed that same thinking when i saw that i could still like one have morals and like Like, determine my own morals and, like, follow my own path and still be, like, feel good about myself and still feel, like, spiritually connected to something. When I saw that I could do that, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, like, I, and then, like, a lot of, like, guilt and shame went away because I stopped, (laughs) I stopped attending church when I moved away from home to go to college um and i kept telling myself like oh i want to go yeah i want to go i still kind of like want to go check out a church but i would probably go to like, there's like a lot of like kind of like church of the highlands kind of places here um you know like the <laughs> the church for profit pretty much that's what i call them um um <laughs> anyway um <laughs> but aren't but are, aren't all churches for profit anyway um But when I, when I, when I found that I could like, yeah, tap into it myself, I like, yeah, I just still felt good. And yeah, I feel like with growing up and it being and the church being something that's just so normalized and it's like, we have to do it. You grow up thinking that like, when you aren't actively involved in the church that Mm -hmm. you're doing something wrong and that should that should tell you right there like wait a minute like i shouldn't feel guilty about like not attending church like it shouldn't be right yeah
1: right right and that because i think those are i i think projections i think people love to project their own shortcomings comings onto other people Mm. and i think people people have to stop that like we have to stop that overall like because it's not it, it that does more more harm than good
0: yeah um
1: just allow people to be like no one should be worried about how many times someone attends a church or whether or not they need to feel like they need to come to church to do that why can't they be in fellowship simply as they as they are um um because it's their personal relationship yeah like the minute minute we can begin to not be so or really invested in what another person is doing we'll be a lot better off
0: yeah but i don't i don't think people want to do that though i think people want to control other people no. <laughs> <laughs> they just no. like doing that
1: people people can't focus on themselves i think mm. people have a really hard time going inward so that mm. way they do, and they do that in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Like they do that. They come to that place to cast judgment, or, or on another person, or to say, "I know more scriptures than another person." It's just like, you had a lot of shit in your house. Like you, what you worry you <laughs> about what I'm doing? am doing. You had <laughs> a
2: lot of shit in your house. You know, I eat so much. <laughs> yeah. I could
1: say, but I'm just like, you know, that would be very, very problematic. But I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna let these people breathe, but. Um, enough is enough. Cause I'm, I, I always tell people I'm not above giving a good, clean cuss out. Ooh. I'm <laughs> not on <mind> your business.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just a question that came to my mind. So the Bible, what, Yes. what are you, what are your like thoughts on it? Because like lately I've been. Because, like, I'll, like, go and watch sermons and stuff. And I'm, like, they mention, like, when they mention the Bible and then they, like, take it and go for two hours on something. I'm, like, the Bible is just, like, one big, like, people, people who, like, follow the Bible. It's just, like, one big fan club. Like, imagine if a book, a piece of literature was, like, the doctrine of something and everybody followed it, it would just seem absurd. But for that book being the Bible is it, because it's so normalized in our culture is um, it, it doesn't get that same kind of like critical view. And it's like, I don't know. It's yeah.
1: I think, I think for me, it depends on how the Bible is taught. Okay. So if, the Bible is taught from a perspective where it is used as a reference point for how we behave, cool. But if you're using it to say, this is what a person should do and how they should live their lives, then I think that's when it gets very, very sticky because I don't think it was meant or designed from my perspective to be taken so literally Mm -hmm. um, where people tend to really just word for word to say, this is how you should live. This is what you should do. And I just don't think it was ever meant for, for that. I think it was a collection of stories and narratives to share um, with people, you know, that, that consider this, consider this, think about this. Um, you know, be present for this. Are you thinking about this? Suspend your judgment for this. Um, not where this is this. This is this. This is, this is this. And you have to follow it to to a T. Yeah. Because I I think that that does more harm. That does more harm because for the people who don't, you know, they take that. So I know. I for me, I used to take it internally. I used yeah. to believe that. I'm like, I go to hell. Because this is how it's being taught to me. Yeah. Who I I love. Like, for a long time. And it wasn't until I changed the church, was taught differently to how I am supposed to consume the readings and the texts, and what it means to be be in my own personal relationship that I began to move away from that narrative. And I also see that narrative slightly, just a little bit, change. Mm. Um, But... We got so much, we, we have very far to go, yes. especially within the black church before we can just allow you know each other to just be open.
0: And w- when you said, um, it wasn't meant to be taken so literally, it's like there's only certain parts of the Bible that are taken literally, and then sometimes, and then like the yes. re- like it, it's very selective when people choose to literally (laughs) interpret the bible verses like it being a metaphor it's just like yeah it's very selective and that also makes it just um yeah just another form of of power just like in the way that people are able to like use it for their own yeah uses yeah
1: right because they pick and choose Mm mm-hmm they pick and choose. And I'm like, if you are intentionally picking and chooses what you think is appropriate, that is based on an opinion that that is not in the best interest of the larger group mm-hmm. that you are here to serve and bring mm-hmm. to their healing, because that is what it was meant to do. Yeah. It was meant to bring people to their healing, For healing. And to the struggle and strife. And, you know, it, it, you know, you now it's just every, I can walk into a space and un- already tell, if that is going to be the case yeah and if it is it's just like okay i don't need to be here because i'm not about to go through this bullshit like that's
0: yeah cut yeah yeah um so how do you feel like what are your thoughts about like the holy ghost like do you believe that the holy ghost exists um and yeah yeah
1: I guess okay I've, I've, Lately I've been moving into a space Of just
0: recognizing that as spirit Okay Um. And what is spirit For
1: me Um. If I feel For me personally I haven't been moved To Engage in behaviors That people say is Captured in the Holy Ghost But I do know when I am moved and for me I just say that's the spirit moving through me, or if I have something to share to a person um just through my conversation and I feel like it is just it comes out of my mouth mouth, I will say will say that, you know, that was just, you know, I would take that as a spirit universe or the spirit moving through me to just share this message because it, it's needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. I mean, I I know.
0: <laughs> well, okay. I asked that question because um, I remember a few times where like I remember one time there was like this prophet who like was like asking people if they wanted to like speak in tongues and so like I raised my hand and then I went to the front of the church and like he just told us to like pray and say God's name and then like my The whole time when I was up there, my stomach was kind of, like, rumbling. Um, And then, like, he, like, touched, like, my stomach, and he touched my head. And then my mouth, like, kind of, like, flew open. And just this, like, language came out that I'd never spoken before. And I tried to, like, close my mouth, and I couldn't. And so, like, that was a moment that I was like, oh, was that the Holy Ghost? Because, like, I... I don't know how to explain like that. Um, Yeah. And then there was like another moment where we had a prophet and she was like speaking and she was basically saying that God's presence was in the, uh, in the sanctuary. And she was like, and that's why the lights are starting to flicker. And then the lights started to flicker. And I was like, what is going on here? Um, so it's like moments like that where I'm like, okay, what, what if, what was that? If it's not the Holy ghost. And then if that was the Holy ghost, why, why? Like, I, yeah, I just have so many questions.
1: (laughs) I think for me, I just equate that to what, what was your personal experience? Like what was your personal relationship to that moment? Mm. That's what it was. Yeah. I don't. I think when people begin, I think when people try to speak for what is happening in the space or the the energy shift that is happening I think that becomes problematic Uh right? because if people are not doing those things or speaking in tongues that kind of push to the side where oh well you're not having a relationship so for me I've just always equated it to whatever your personal relationship was to that particular moment was your personal relationship to it and that is power in itself, because it is happening for you and to you, yeah. and it's meant to. That's why I'm like, oh, like that would be an, a moment where I would say that that spirit moving through the space, moving through. Now, I'm not sure about the lights flickering. <laughs> or that I, have, but I, I do know, like I, when I'm just having, when I'm really, really stressed out, and I know that I just need need to just have that extra mile it is a feeling that I experience all over my body that just gets me to just push through and that is a deep personal intimate relationship that I have hmm. um that I think everybody has the ability to tap into is just when they feel ready because I, I just don't think I should be controlling that or anybody else should control that because it's theirs
0: do you think that preachers and prophets have like certain like, do you, one, do you think that they are connected to God and do you think that they have certain spiritual power or do you think that it, it, it again, is related to the space and how the spirit moves?
1: Um, I believe that we all have a relationship and we all have power. I think it depends on whether or not we can tap into it the, in our most, authentic way
2: Hmm.
1: um as far as preachers i how can i say this so my childhood pastor and my current pastor i don't look at their power as any different from mine
0: okay
1: and i i think why i don't look um at it that way is because I don't think I should idolize anyone but spirit or the universe or faith or the higher power. Like I just don't think I should be engaging in that practice because that is a personal flesh at the end of the day.
2: Mm-hmm. If they're
1: personal flesh. They are just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all make decisions. We all have choices. Um, and no one man is better than the other person. So I think I'm always approaching it from that. Um, because in the event that those, those same pastors and those same prophets have a misstep, um, I'm not, con- I'm not quick to crucify or condemn them hmm. because I'm just like, you're just me, you, you know, it, it, I think when we get, when we give people, people power, um, we give them power over us. And yeah. I just don't think that is helpful. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So I agree. Um, were you ever baptized? Listen, how I was how, how I was, was that for you?
1: So honestly, this is probably gonna sound problematic. But I didn't feel different. Me too. <laughs> like I didn't feel any different. But what I, I did do after that was I chose differently. Mm. I chose to engage or navigate my life differently. Um, I think for me, it just marked a moment when I when I decided to choose that I'm going to choose to behave or do things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, going underwater and coming back up, there it wasn't. I was, I felt disappointed because I, because I, I thought from ev- from what everybody said that this was going to be such a transformative experience, I've had transformative experiences outside of the church yeah. that had led me to always think about when I was baptized, but that moment and that action, I was just like, I'm wet. <laughs>
0: um, I, so... I, I think I took, I wanted my baptism to kind of, like, quote-unquote cure me because, like, I was, um, yeah, like, before, like, kind of, like, my motivation for getting baptized was so that I would... I was thinking, if you get baptized, then, you know, you won't be gay anymore. Like, I was just in this kind of, like, phase where I was trying to cure myself, and I was trying to, like, yeah, I was, you, you, you. And I think it was because of, you know, religion that I felt like I needed to cure myself. um, And so, like, during, like, leading up to my baptism, I was like, I was like, there was, like, this cute boy in church. <laughs> and I was like, damn, he looks cute. And I'm like, oh, I can't think this right now because... I'm going to be cured and like I'll be cured of these thoughts, whatever. And then so when I, you know, get baptized and I come up and I'm like, I still feel the same. I felt a little tingly though. I I don't, I don't know what that was from. Um, I felt like tingly a little bit, but in general, I still felt like the same about like who I loved, which was like one of the (laughs) motivations for doing it. So, like, I always, like, was kind of, like, down on myself for that. And that kind of, like, made me have, a, a, like, kind of, like, a deeper sense of shame within myself. Um, And I remember somebody telling me, well, you know, when you get baptized, things, it, that doesn't mean things get better. That means things get worse because that means the devil tries to, like, come and get you in, like, whatever. And I'm like, well, damn, like, why did I get baptized? (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know. My baptism was, yeah.
1: And I think that statement that you just made, I think you just become more conscious of it. Mm. I think you just become more conscious of the
0: misstep. Mm. It's not as if you didn't know that the misstep
1: was a misstep. You just become more conscious to it. So it's almost like it's there to be the scale like are you going to choose right mm. choose, choose wrong. but even if you have a misstep i just don't think that you are condemned for it yeah. i think for me being baptized was a it was i was told that i had to mm. it was my childhood in church i'd already be christened in it and i was told that was the next step because that was supposed to make me a full member of the church mm-hmm. And, but I, I grew up in the church. I was raised in the
0: church. I, and were you from a, from a child, like baby, were you, were you, did you have a sense of, uh, your queerness at this time or were you still working well, I that was, out? I,
1: I was, I was gay. Okay. I knew I was gay. <clears throat> I just had a strong attraction for, from men. Yeah. I, yeah. All, I was like. And it was and it was a strong attraction as far as like I desire you, mm-hmm. like I want sex, yeah, with you, yeah. But it was something that was just like you don't speak of that. That's not what you speak of. Yeah. That do you what? And for me, I was just like I did not want to go to hell. Yeah, I did. But now that I'm older, yeah, I'm like COVID nineteen is hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes Dealing under a you know this is already you know, hell. under the presidency of trump is hell yeah um you know being black and gay in america is hell mm-hmm. like that From me my i think my perspective has shifted from yeah. the narrative that was created as it being a place to just recognizing it that you have those moments or you live you have that reality or that lifestyle or, you know, it's just the atmosphere that makes it because it's just like, in hey, no way, hell we're supposed to, we're supposed to have it this hard. Yeah. What, how can we check that up to just being, Oh, well, if my queer identity, I'm automatically going to go, it's already hard. It is yeah. being here. Yeah. You know? So for me, it was just like, okay, it was just something that I knew was the next step. But I didn't feel any different. I just chose differently.
0: Yeah. Um, would you say, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like, would you say, if, did you, so when, did you move and then started, like, I guess, coming away from physically having to go to church? Or did, was it something that you just, did on your own and still stayed close to home?
1: I well, I was still at home, but I was attending a different church. Okay. I decided not to attend my childhood church because my mentor um invited me to her church, which is now my church, um for Tuesday night teaching. Um and I just went and I really enjoyed his teaching,
2: yeah.
1: Um, his teaching was just really, really good. It was with, it was free from judgment.
2: Oh. And one
1: of the books that he had us read um, was Messy Spirituality, and that just that small, possibly fifty-page book um, changed my life. Hmm. Because that book was about not following this made-up script. It was about following what you want your life to look like. And Mm. how you go about treating others, and are you going to be treating others from a place of hate or love? Mm. Because at the end of the day, those are the two actions that we exist, like that we choose to engage in. Um, Those are the most consistent. And it's like, no, I want to, I want, the more that I begin to love everyone, no matter how they treat me, now don't try it. But the more that I treat like, if the more that I lead with love, it was like the law of attraction. The more you love, the more love comes back to you. The more you hate, the more hate comes back to you. So for me, that was what that book kind of broke it down to. And it was just like it's about your spirituality. What does your spirituality say about you? How do you want to be remembered? And for me, I wa- i knew I wanted to be remembered for how much I gave, yeah. not by how much I took.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you've had. A, a, a good experience with just finding a new church to go to and being able to like not having to, um, hide yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I think it happens. I think it happens for all, everyone when it's meant to. Yeah. I think, I think even in this moment, like I would even say like, you know, if the minute you decide to, to fearlessly and unapologetically live for you, and not live for what someone says you're doing, the better you'll be. The, it's just the universe shifts differently. It really, really does. It just moves you into a place where you're just like, I don't give a shit. You don't have to like it, you're not paying my rent, you're not feeding me, you're yeah. not in my bed, and um, won't start, no won't be now. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, it's
0: just, there's no rule book. You create the rule book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, just to close this out, do you have a memorable church story to end this on?
1: Ooh, good or bad?
0: It can be either or.
1: Um. Okay, so... I would say... Um. I would say I do have a moment where my ex-partner pushed me to join my new church where I just knew, and it's just typically right after those devastating breakups (laughs) that you're just like, I need some healing. And during that time I definitely did. Um, and I joined my new church currently, um, after attending them for about a year, uh, um, it pushed me closer to my faith. Mm. It just pushed me closer to my faith where it was just like, Oh no, like I ain't dealing with this Negro. This Negro is, doesn't know how to treat me. And eventually that Negro always comes back. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, do. <laughs> they do. So I'm just like, it wasn't me. Um, but it just pushed me closer to my faith for me to just be solid in how I lead, um, how I show up for people, how people show up for me, and that I've been rocking with that church for almost six years now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I keep I keep telling myself that I at least want to go and like sit in a service just to like get the feeling back. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know where I could find a black church here, though. <laughs> that's the thing.
1: You know what? I will, if you are open to it, I would say type in FCBC NYC. Um, they do they do like are, live stream? That's the church that I attend to now. Uh huh. Um, they have sermons online. Okay. Um, and from my perspective, their teachings are fantastic
0: okay hmm.
1: and it'll it'll give you i think the the opportunity to know when you walk into a space again whether or not you're getting that authentic teaching so i would when you have time fcbc nyc um quick google search their name is first corinthian baptist church um and they're located in harlem um they have quite a black gay male presence okay um, but it's a black
0: church yeah and i haven't been disappointed since okay yeah i'll definitely give that a look yeah i've been (laughs) i've been do so are the are the um are the choir songs on there like the gospel numbers what am i saying like the praise what is it like a praise service yeah worship yeah yeah be, see I've so, been out of church for so long. <laughs> the
1: sermons are only on there. Okay, the sermons, um, when okay. Their sermons were live. Um they were like they like it was it was a full service. Okay. Um, but their sermons are just on it. But <clears throat> they they may have some songs on YouTube.
0: I'm okay. not too sure. Maybe or I just crazy. need to face breaks. Yeah, maybe I just need to like go and look up like prison worship services because I don't really like I don't really care for the sermon sometimes. I just want to hear the singing.
1: <laughs> you want you want you want you want you know you want the music to move through you? Yeah, yeah, but I, hey, there's nothing like gospel music that will continuously I hands down yeah. if I'm at a you, Really, if I'm having a shitty day, I can put on gospel and it was almost, it'll almost be like nothing happened. Who's your, because it just, who do I listen to? Yeah, who's your go-to?
0: Huh?
1: Um, The Walls group is one group that I listen to. They're a group of siblings. They are, they're, that's one thing I will say. If you can't sing, I will know (laughs) because I feel like my, I can catch off key really, really well. But the walls group, freaking fantastic.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Tamela Mann, also another fantastic artist.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Anything by John P. Key, Um, another artist. Hezekiah Walker, Mm -hmm. great. Um, Mary, Mary. um, I have to be in the mood to hear them. Um, Yolanda Adams, anything by her. Okay. Um, But those are. I would definitely be like those would be the start. But anything, any gospel any black gospel artist Yeah,
0: you'll never go wrong okay alright um okay well this was that was a great like conversation <laughs> um so now we come to the end of the show that I like to call so done and this is basically where we talk about what annoyed us for the week so Emmanuel what are you so done with COVID okay <laughs>
1: I'm so done with COVID. Um, I think I'm just ready for, and I, 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 I over the government's with lack of. Like how they've handled this situation, especially with so many people being unemployed, um, so many people just not having enough food to eat or enough money to pay their bills or just be able to kind of just reset, recharge and refocus. I've really been really disappointed in that because I'm like, we elect you. And for you not to be doing your job is such a slap in the face. And now we need to remove you. Um, I just hope there are a lot more people who agree with me to want to take that action to remove these people and reappoint them with someone who's gonna actually get the job done. Um, Because I'm just sick and tired of just, I think the pandemic wouldn't be as hard if we had resources in place to support people. Right now we don't have that and it's just sickening to just continuously be confronted with that every single day. Because it's you're re-traumatizing, especially people of color, of what their circumstance was
2: mm. and
1: what it currently is as a result of you not doing your job. So that's what I'm sick of.
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's just like, yeah, just like thinking about, like, so I just, now I just get to a point to where I just laugh at everything because... Like, to just really think about the fact that, no, like, we're really having to figure out how to navigate this pandemic by ourselves. Like, we're, we're have like, no one's listening to health officials. Well, the government isn't listening to health officials. So, like, we're having to, like, be proactive and, like, try to just lead ourselves and keep ourselves accountable but it's like also something we shouldn't be doing. But like, we live in a country that's like free, free for all. And so people don't like being told what to do. Um, so like, I, I don't know. And that, and that also extends to the government the government doesn't like to be told, like the government officials don't like to be told what to do, even if it's coming from medical experts. Um, and I just, right. I just think that is like so uneducated <laughs> to even yeah. like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. But that's one of the reasons why I've been just like, okay, well, we'll remove you. Bye. Your time is up. You gotta go.
0: Do, so are you talking about the president? Are you talking about mayors? What? All, of All of them. All of them. All
1: of them on both sides as well. Yeah. Because no one, like, at, it, it's just like, I think we've been moving, especially as just people of color, black people, I just feel like we've been, we've been waiting too long yeah. for there to be real change. Yeah. And we are not getting what we're asking for. So it's like, we are going to appoint people who are going to give us what we're asking for, or we are going to be in those positions for ourselves. Yeah. Because that, this is, it's enough is enough. We don't need you to wear kente cloth and think that you're standing in solidarity. That's problematic. We don't need you to paint on roadways. That is not enough. We want you to hold people accountable and do your job because if you're not going to do your job, then we will get in these positions and we'll do it for you.
0: (laughs) Mama is man. I feel it though. I feel it. Yeah, because
1: it's just like it's enough. Enough is enough. I'm tired of tired of. I think for me, I've been older. I get the more sick I become. Every time I have to confront the fact that I'm seeing so many people who are homeless, or so many people that have lost their jobs, or so many checks and balances that have to be checked in order for people to just create an opportunity for themselves to live. That's like enough. Like no, 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 no. We have to. We have to do better. And you know we are waiting for accomplices. We don't need allies. We want accomplices. What are you willing to sacrifice on behalf of us?
0: That kind of leads into what I'm so done with is like yeah, I I this is and this is the reason why I'm like limiting social media because there are just a lot of like allies that Mm -hmm. are just super super vocal posting stuff sharing these i i I feel like i talk about this every every episode (laughs) when i do this segment but like this is what i'm seeing all the time like these i'm not racist posts these like just Mm -hmm. sharing these resources and stuff and it's like you're you're one. You're not doing anything, and two, and you're and you telling us these racist stories. You're still like inscribing like racial violence to me, because I I was reading someone's a uh, whole I used to be racist thing, and I know that this person is still actively racist, and so mm-hmm. I just had to like. I just had to. I just had to like just unfollow that person because I'm like, and block them because I'm like, okay, this person is just like, complete. Like, there's no way of getting through to them. They're just completely mm-hmm. like, like they don't have a sense of like what they're doing, and it's just all for clout. Um. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm just sick of it. Like, I just. Yeah, and I I'm just like tired of like hearing white people say like, "Oh, we care about black people. Oh, we want to change and stuff." And then when you tell them, "Okay, you have to check your privilege." And then they're like, "Oh, wait, I don't want to do that." And it's like, "Okay. Right. Well, there's no there's no conversation we can really have then." Right. So, that's right. that's what because I'm saying. So because
1: we don't need there. we don't need any more window dressing. Yeah, either you're down or not. Yeah. And if you decide and and either is either is okay, because either you're down with us and you're rocking with us and we're going to do what we need to do. And if you're not down with us, we know where to put you because now you have revealed exactly who you are. And that's we just will proceed accordingly. It doesn't have to be something that's drawn out. Like, yeah. No, you just you're in your space and we're in our space. And we want more people who are willing to sacrifice something. Put something on the
0: line. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be the the determining factor between Mm -hmm. who I choose choose to associate myself with. Because I don't think I can, like... No. I know I can't be around people who are, like, unsure of, like, what needs to be done in order for... Like black people, black and brown people to survive in this country. Like I don't, I there there's there's no yes there's no black or white. It's just like one way. Like at this point, like I think before I was a little bit more like oh you know give everyone a chance you know people. Now I'm just like no, this is what's happening. This is what I need. If you can't give me that, then I can't be in conversation with you. Yeah, period. yeah, period. Period. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Go Black Boy Go, and you can follow Emmanuel at
1: Ed Say Hi on Instagram. That's the only thing I have.
0: Okay, um, and yeah, uh, once again. Thank you for, like, having this conversation with me. It was really breathtaking and, like, lightened my mood because it was (laughs) gloomy here. (laughs) Um, And thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.
1: Do your job, because if you're not going to do your job, then we will get in these positions and we'll do it for you.